0: Hey guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with Him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Welcome back to the Equippers International Podcast. This is Cliff Knipe. Thanks for joining us today. We're going to continue along with our study that we've started on identity and take it a little bit further. In our last episode on identity, we discussed just the basics of identity, of understanding identity, what it really means as a believer. And we just talked about some practical things in regards to our our journey with the Lord, our walk with Him and coming into a greater level of our identity and recognizing how that happens. We talked about the engagement of the truth of what God says about us and how that's a very critical part of our identity. So what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to take that just to maybe a next step and talk about some aspects of our identity. Uh, we'll see where this journey leads us. I said previous, in the previous episode that it might perhaps turn into kind of a little mini series. I'm still anticipating that will be the case, but let's just see where we end up today. Let's start with this question. Why is identity so important as it relates to Christianity? I believe the answer to that is that identity is so important as it relates to Christianity because the process of becoming and living as a Christian represents a real, dynamic, and life-changing experience. And this experience changes us at our very core of our being. Now, I want to just sit with that thought for a minute and consider a couple of things. Maybe you've not thought about it in these terms, but it's important for us to understand that human beings are the only creature that can undergo a complete identity change. This is the point of the whole gospel. Now, I know we live in a day and age where people are going through all type of identity crisis. And I'm not gonna go into all the details along those lines, but just consider for a moment with me what I just said. People may wanna to try to change their identity in the way that they act or the way they associate with certain things in regards to their identity, but it doesn't at its core change their identity. But we have the capacity to actually be changed. And that is the focus of, of the whole gospel. That's exactly what God has intended for us to experience. And let's talk about this a little bit. So being a Christian does not mean, for example, that once you are unreligious and that now you become religious. Becoming a Christian doesn't mean that you used to not go to church, and now you go to church. That you didn't used to pray, and now you pray. You didn't used to do things that look Christian, and now you do things that look Christian. Uh, You used to act immorally, and now you act morally. There's nothing wrong with all those things, but participating in that process is not what makes you a Christian. It doesn't mean that you just experience forgiveness, and then you carry on living your life the same. It means that through faith, you undergo a complete and total radical change in your being. So in order to understand this, we need to do a little bit of practical theology. That simply means that we look at some scriptures that will help us frame the thoughts and our understanding of what we're talking about. So the first scripture I wanna share with you is in John chapter one, verse 12. John chapter one is, is an amazing chapter of scripture. And if you look at John chapter one, basically what John is doing is he is he's retelling a creation story. I mean, if you just read John one, one in the beginning, I mean, we all know those are the first three words of the Bible. Everybody knows Genesis one, one in the beginning, God, John is starting a new creation story. And so just like in Genesis 1-1, we're introduced to the original creation story of God creating the world, everything in it, the constellations, the stars, the heavens, and the earth, and all the vegetation and all the animals, then ultimately his, his ultimate creation being man himself, the one that he would find fellowship with and interact with and have a relationship with. And then John comes along and he's retelling this story. And the reason why he's retelling this story is because the original story has gone desperately wrong. And we know what happened in the garden. We know that the devil came and deceived Eve and Adam, subsequently ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They declared their independence from God and they, in their being, they became fundamentally skewed. They came under the influence of sin and they moved outside of their God designed destiny on how to live in relationship with him. They were living actually a subhuman life then, a life that God never intended them to live. So in order for this to be rectified, John tells us in chapter one that there's a new beginning, that there's something that God has done through Jesus Christ that has corrected this. And it's not just a setting of things in order, It's actually a setting of humans back into a place where they were originally intended to live. Now listen to what John says in John chapter 1 verse 12. He says, but as many as received him, talking about Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So what John is saying is that when we believe on Jesus, when we exercise our faith toward him, there is this supernatural process in which we become children of God. So God did not come to clean up human lives. He did not come to set the situation back in order. He came to recreate us back into his original intent. And that is a very real, personal dynamic living experience that happens in our lives when we come to faith in Christ. And this theme is prevalent throughout all the teaching of the New Testament. You know, I think of the little teaching that Jesus gave, maybe you haven't thought of it in these terms, but Jesus gave a teaching of new wine and old wineskins and new wineskins. And what was he, what was he really talking about? Well, I personally believe that he was really talking about the new existence of of man, the life of the spirit of God coming inside of man. It was not able to come into an old container, if you can put it that way. The old wineskin was not in a condition to contain the new life that God wanted to bring. And so As a result, Jesus says there has to be a new wineskin. There has to be a new container. And our rebirth, our recreation in the Lord is that new wineskin so that we can now contain the new wine. Paul takes this thought much further in one of his famous passages in 2 Corinthians chapter 15. I love this passage and I want to talk around this idea. It's probably all we're going to, I'm going to talk about for the rest of the episode because it's actually a very fundamental concept and idea. If we're going to understand this framework in which I'm talking about the identity as sons and daughters of God So Paul takes up this idea in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in his discussion on the resurrection. But later in that chapter, he makes this statement in verse 45. He says, So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. So Paul is drawing an analogy, not just an analogy. He is sharing a profound truth that on one side, Adam was a living soul. He lived in the natural realm. He calls him Earthy. We know that God created him from the earth and that he was able, because God commanded him to go and multiply, he was able to reproduce himself along the same lines of being a living soul, of being earthy. So he was able to reproduce himself along natural lines. And that's the best that Adam could do. And on the other side, Jesus was a life-giving spirit. He lived in the spirit and he was able, he is able to reproduce himself along the same lines as himself. It's as if Adam and Christ stand as the head men of the human race, Adam of the fallen human race and Jesus of the new human race created in him. And this new human race is a new experience that we are invited into when we believe in him. Being able to grasp this concept, this truth by faith is a benchmark of Christianity according to the apostolic writing of the New Testament. It's a huge shift. I think of uh, scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, perhaps one of Paul's most famous statements regarding the nature of the Christian life. Paul says there, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, literally a new creation. Old things passed away, behold, new things have come. So, what Paul is saying is there is a fundamental shift, there's a recreation of something inside of us. Now, again, we talked about it in the first episode on identity. This process of embracing our identity is a continual process of us encountering truth and saying, I am going to believe that truth. Here is one of our our first object lessons in that process. The scripture clearly teaches that there is a new creation, that when we exercise faith, we become children of God, we become new creations along the same lines as Jesus. And see, when we're children of God, that means that we're brothers and sisters with Jesus. That means that we share everything that Jesus shares. We share his nature. We share his mind. Paul talks about us sharing in his inheritance. So everything that belongs to Jesus now belongs to us. This shift that takes place in our core being is that we are. Sons and daughters of God. We now have a heavenly father and we now stand in a new relationship because there's been this shift and this recreation within ourselves. We have a new identity. We're brought into the experience of being in Christ 1 Corinthians one thirty is another one of my favorite verses along these lines. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord." What is Paul saying? Paul's saying that a very supernatural experience took place. When we believed, when we encountered the gospel message, when we chose to submit our faith into the truth of who the Lord is, something supernatural happens. God takes us and he puts us in Christ And he recreates us in the image of Christ. He births a new being inside of us. This is a fundamental and real experience that we go through, we may not be able to see it in the natural realm, but just because we don't see it in the natural realm doesn't mean it's not true. Remember in the first session on identity, we talked about where our identity primarily lies in the spiritual realm. So what God does in the spirit for us and to us is very real. And our faith response to that is going to be the bridge to us connecting to these spiritual realities. What will happen over time is when we continually encounter these spiritual truths with faith disposition, with a faith response, then they begin to become deeply rooted in our belief system. They become deeply rooted in our inner core place and we begin to experience the reality of those things. And then and only then those things begin to work out in our natural setting. It's an idea that I I like to talk about, the difference between living from the outside in or living from the inside out. See, a lot of people have a perspective about Christianity that it's an outside in. They come to this idea of the Christian life and they begin to look at all the things related to the Christian life and they say, oh, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to be practicing this this practice and I need to be doing this. And we think that if we will do all these outside externals, then it will somehow begin to affect us internally and nothing can be further from the truth. The truth is God has already done internally everything that needs to be done. And if we will embrace by faith the reality of the internal, then the external process will begin to take care of itself. It will be a natural process. This is why identity is so important. We live out of identity. We don't live into identity. So we live from a place of who we are, and it flows out in our doing. So this is a fundamental shift in our thinking, and it's super important. So let's go back to our main point of this teaching. I just wanted to spend some time to put in a framework of biblical understanding of this shift that takes place. Now, what are some words we put to this? Well, we've, we've already said in this session, we become sons and daughters of God. But now let's talk about what that practically looks like. Well, it practically looks like that we are sons and daughters and we have a father, What are the natural benefits? What will that look like in the way that we live our lives? Well, first and foremost is we have a heavenly father. We have a new relational position with God. Before, he was not our father until we're drawn in to a covenant relationship with him through faith. He was God. He was always there. But we don't enjoy the relational benefit of him being a good heavenly father. And so the process of walking in our identity as sons and daughters is learning how to recognize that we have a father who is in heaven. One of the first things that comes to my mind that happens when we truly understand that we're his sons or his daughters is that we don't live in fear anymore. And primarily, we don't live in the fear of death. We don't live in the fear that we will ever die again because Jesus says that we'll have eternal life. We don't have fear of punishment. We don't have fear of rejection. We don't have fear of abandonment. Now, I know a lot of these things on a practical level, even from my own life, begin to push some buttons in relationship to father in relationship to my human father. And a lot of you listening may have some mindsets toward having a father that maybe aren't all positive. And so one of the things that has to happen in our relationship with God is we have to walk long enough in this faith position toward him that he's a heavenly father who is not going to punish us. He's a heavenly father who's not going to reject us. He's a heavenly father who's not going to abandon us. Because remember, if we are sons and daughters, we are brothers and sisters to Christ. We enjoy the same familial benefits that Jesus does. Can you imagine God ever rejecting his son? Can you imagine God ever punishing his son? Now, I know this opens up maybe a big theological can of worms in relationship to what some people think God was actually doing with Jesus at the cross, and that will have to be on hold for another session as well. But the point is, relationally, Jesus has a eternally secure place in the Godhead and you and I likewise have the same eternally secure place as sons and daughters. Just think along these lines that the benefits of being a son or daughter, in that we don't have to fear. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to question where we stand in our relationship with God anymore. And this will bleed over into a incredible place of living life in confidence. That's the next point is that I had written down is that we have confidence in all things because we know God is for us. We know he's always working on our behalf. We know that he works through all things to bring about redemption and good. He is true in his purposes to us. He will not fail. He is consistent in his responsibility toward us all the time as his children. So living in this truth of being a son and being a daughter over time leads us to a deep place of assurance and confidence. Just like we pointed out in the previous episode, this is a lifelong process. But as we grow in our understanding of our sonship, we grow in our understanding of our relationship with God, it will significantly impact naturally the way we interact with life. Because when we're in situations and we're faced with challenges that are very difficult, because life will challenge us to a place where we will naturally question, can I be secure in this place? Can I have confidence that my heavenly father knows what I'm going through right now? And he has my good. He has my back. He's not left me alone in this process. And see, the more the answer to that question is, yes, I know that I'm his son. I know that I'm his daughter. Then that gives us the ability to face these situations with much more confidence, with much more assurance, because here's the truth. None of us want to feel like we have to wonder if God is there for us. And if we live in our identity, then we will know that we know that we know. So when we think about our identity, the first thing that I want to stress and I want to get kind of deposited down into our being is that we have been brought into God's family, that our identity is that we are sons and daughters So you remember the first episode when I gave the little story about what it would be like when you meet somebody for the first time? I do this a little bit with myself just as a, as kind of a a dialogue. And if somebody asks you, who are you? Then your immediate response would be, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm in a relational position with a heavenly father that I know that I am his son. I know that I am his daughter. I know that he is my father. And I understand all the benefits of that. I understand all the relational connection that I have with him because of that. And the longer I sit with that truth, the longer I exercise my faith toward this fact the more I will live in a secure place of assurance and confidence in life, in all things. And that is where God ultimately wants to take us. He wants us to mature and grow into sons and daughters who are able to recognize his fatherhood in our lives, and to recognize the great benefit that we receive from being his sons and daughters. So that's what I wanted to share in this episode on identity. I trust it's been an encouragement to you. Stay tuned for another episode. And until then, God bless you.